Okay, so, okay. so uh, we have <coughs> half an hour or so um, before tea. Um, if there are any questions or things that might be helpful, we have a couple of um, remote mics, so somehow we'll just pass the mics to um, whoever would like to ask a question, and that, that, that way everyone can hear. And, and, uh, so, any anyone, please. Yes, hi, Bridget. <clears throat> I got um, confused in that guided practice because I've been in a developing relationship with one image for a while that's proving very fruitful. And... I was wondering whether, in a way, to take the opportunity to see whether something else came up. Um, but at the same time, I felt that I was being unfaithful mm. to this relationship that's mm. evolving. Mm. Yeah, thank you. It's a beautiful question. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <coughs> was it that you, when you say um, to be open to something else coming up, did you mean some other image? or some other character, so to speak, or something else happening than had been usual with that same image? Uh, no, it was more to whether another image... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, in, in a way, there's no right and wrong to all, to all this. You know, we're, we're exploring soul, you know. Um, but a couple of things I guess I would say. One is... Um, it's not necessary to change image in terms of what we want to explore. So if we're exploring um, the imaginal and eros as will, as will unfold, what I want to say um, is any time there's an image, there's eros. Okay, And uh, that might feel like, oh, no, I, I don't think there is. But, but there is in the way that we mean by eros. It might not be so noticeable. So in other words... Um, is kind of implied in the guided meditation that eros may be really obvious and really like not very subtle, you know, and really sexual, let's say. But any imaginal relationship, I, I would call it erotic. Now I'm going to unfold what that, what that means, um, more as, as we go on. But so, so there's two aspects to staying with the same image and kind of getting a little bit more um, attuned and sensitive and noticing what's actually involved in that relationship. D does that make sense? So in, in other words, um, it, it's fine to stay with it, absolutely fine, wonderful, and, and you might notice more and more about the texture and the uh, qualities of in that relationship. D does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it might also be that... Uh, um, what happens with with an image that's a you know um, a regular image for you is that the nature of the relationship changes. So it's the same image, but the relationship, like relationships do, they they evolve, and sometimes in quite surprising ways. So you know, again, this is just staying with the image and seeing what happens. So it could be that on the face of it, nothing much new happens, but I'm actually noticing more than I had before. Option number one. Option number two is I stay with the same image and I am faithful to the image. It's really beautiful language. We're faithful to that image. I'll say something more about that in a second. But in being faithful, it means I'm really um, 
are open to that image and open to, you know, what I put in and get back and what the image gives to me. So it, it evolves, it's dynamic, it's, we don't know what's going to happen. So that's both of that staying with the image, yeah? The third thing to say is a little bit different is that, um, <clears throat> I would say, um, at least the way I've taught it so far is, is, is that we're, uh, polyamorous, imaginally. <laughs> um, so we're also, um, polymorphously perverse, but we'll come back to that later. Um, so, so what that means is it's not being unfaithful to have many images. And I would say the nature of, the nature of most people's psyche is that there are many images. You know, so it's not just because I have this multiple and sometimes contradictory images, it doesn't mean that I'm not faithful to, to one. Do, do you see what I mean? So it's different than the way we usually think about what it means to be faithful in relationship. Does that make sense? Um, so that's another, to me, you, it wouldn't be being un- unfaithful. It's complicated, I think, or made more difficult by the ways we tend to think about, um, especially erotic relationship in, in the large sense in, in most Western culture, but also religious relationship. Do you, do you see what I mean? So, um, I mean, it's interesting here, and we had another one that we may or may not bring in, but typically there's one Buddha or it's Jesus. But then you can see even in religions how Jesus, then, then, then Mary comes and then the different saints come. It, it, there's a tendency, and we'll get to this more and more, as soul does its thing, as soul making happens, there is a making manifold more and more and more. You understand? So more images, more separate images, more contradictory, more complementary images, but also one image starts to get more and more complicated, create more faces, more aspects. Does that make sense? So, and and as I said, you see that in institutional religion as, as a, as a kind of cultural historical movement towards so we got Buddha, Kuan Yin, we had Tara, you know, there's, that, that's what happens historically. And you'll see it internally in your own, so to speak, in your own soul making process. But none of those options to me are being unfaithful. They're all valid, uh, beautiful potential exploration. So in a way, I haven't really answered your question, but, um, but, but do you want to say anything? No? How does that sound? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Please, anybody. Yeah, Andy. Um, yeah. Last night you um, mentioned something about the having an erotic relationship with the path in the yeah. talk, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I was just wondering um, whether you could say any more about that. If you're going to, um, to say it now. I, I, uh, there's a whole other talk about that. Did you hear Andy's question? No. Uh, do you want to try again? Okay. Hold, hold uh, it near your mouth. You told last night Rob said about the having an erotic relationship with the path, which I found really interesting. I just wondered if you could say some more about that. Um, I can say that um, there's a whole other talk on it, and we might also devote a bit of practice to it in a couple of different ways. So. Um, it, a little bit relates to, in a very general way, what, what we were talking about with Bridget. What happens 
and I, I think this is in the talk tonight, um, what happens is that as as Eros gets going and as the whole soul-making process gets going, it is very, um, what's the word, generative, creative, and prolific in, in what gets discovered and created, okay? And so in every facet of our life, in every dimension of, of being, Eros can come and infuse and, and start to inseminate that thing or that relationship or that aspect of being um, and then, and then soul making happens in relationship to that being, uh, to whatever that aspect is or that thing is. Yeah. So this could be obviously a person. It could be the path. It could be, um, nature. It could be something in nature. It could be oneself. It could be some aspect of one, oneself. And in that process, something come, the object comes alive and comes to be more than it was before. And, and wrapped up in that is meaningfulness, love, dedication, devotion, all, all these things in relationship to the erotic and imaginally pregnant object. You understand? So that happens in relation to the path. But if I turn around what I just said, I say, where there's love, where there's devotion, where there's meaningfulness, there there is eros, there there is image happening, there there is fantasy. And often we don't realize that. So our life is people say, I don't have images and this and that. So our life is infused with images. Where are they? Look where there's meaningfulness, where there's love, where there's dedication, where there's devotion, where there's aliveness. That thing is erotically, imaginally alive for you. And it could be the something you would never have thought to put the word eros or, or imagine with or anything like that. It could be, you, you understand? It's going to be an idea. It can be something very... Your feet, you know, it could be absolutely anything, you know, um, from the most sort of gross concrete thing to something very subtle, something seemingly abstract. Anything can come alive in this way. Um, so that's a general point. Um, do you want more about the about that specifically now, or do you want to wait? Uh, <laughs> well, it was more. It was more just the sense of um, re relating to it because it's not a. Um, it's not an object. It's not. It's not a visual image. It's not something kinesthetic. It, it, Relating to that, the yeah, part, yeah. Or, or to the pull of of that kind of calling. Yeah. Well, I, I would say it is. But this, is, could you hear that, Ava? Could you hear? No. Try. Try again, Andy. Uh, I can't remember what I said now. Um, it's not. An, it's oh, the, because the the idea of the the path or the truth or something like that is not um, kinesthetic or visual. You know, it, it's not like a an image. What's that? Yeah, not a being. Yeah. It's, it's okay, very good. So, could you hear that? Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So, when we have path, you have what? You have goal, or aim, or direction. You have where I am now. You have the being who's treading the path. That's you. Um, you have someone who's done it before, probably. Um, or maybe not, you know, so the Buddha or wh whoever, yeah. So, so what you get with any image is you get an imaginal constellation involving self, other, thing, the world that it's happening in, time, you know, all that stuff. So when you say the path, um, depending on how Buddhist or not Buddhist or what you conceive your path is, there'll be some someone or some teacher. Um, there'll be your image of yourself on the path. We may come back to this in quite a big way. It's like, what do I 
fantasizes my job on the path? What am I actually doing here? Um, what is my fantasy of awakening? So actually, again, it might not be visual, but there are, there are sort of usually not quite fully conscious fantasies going on in the imaginal constellation of what we are devoted to. Do, do you understand? Um, mostly, uh, we don't, A, we don't realize that fantasy is going on, that the whole thing is being beautifully supported and propelled and impregnated with fantasy, because we tend to think of fantasy as a derogatory thing. Um, but So we don't realize that, and then secondly, we don't quite know what they are. Like, we're not quite conscious of what's, everything that's wrapped up. Does this make sense? Yeah, I, I, perhaps I didn't phrase the question very well. It was, it was more the sense of relating, relating to that pull, almost like a being, mm-hmm. even though it's not one. Yeah. So, so there's something very, you know, it's not the Buddha, it's not, um, uh, I don't even, don't even know what it is. Yeah. But okay. Some, some, some other. Okay. But that's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't have so much of a kind of beingness to it, and yet it, there's a calling. It demands yeah, something yeah. of you. Okay, so I would again. This is, and I just dropped it in very, very briefly in the guided meditation. Um, an image may not have a, f- a discernible form. You understand? As we turn that image, I see uh, he looks like this, or she looks like that, or whatever it is. Um, but an image can be something as as sort of vague as that that's constellating still as an image. And I'll, I'll say again what I said before, and around that, in relationship to that, is still the fantasy of the self, the movement, the world that it happens in, the tradition that it happens in, the history, the future, the... Do you understand? So it's fine if some, quite often actually, um, we, we have images that are not actually, uh, you know, clearly delineated, certainly not visually or in any other sensible way. They're kind of vague, and that's... Um, that's perfectly valid. It doesn't need to be. But there'll be something in there that is a little more uh, formed, if you like, like the self and what the self's job is and, and that kind of thing. Does that? <laughs> Are you sure? No. Uh, okay. Um, I just want to dwell on this because it seems important. Um Conscious of taking up time, but I just, um, it, it was more that, you know, doing the kind of practice we did just when you do the guided meditation yeah. seems, seems harder uh, to do I with something see. so yeah. nebulous. Yeah. Maybe that's what I was going um, Well, yeah, maybe it didn't set it up in that way that would work for something like that. But for instance, and we may or may not get to this on this retreat, you can feel energetically and heartfully and soulfully what that pull and that calling does even if the object is not quite clear it's it's you know it's going to do something in your being when you open to it when you sit with it when you align with it when you give yourself to it um sometimes that's all that needs to happen you know and then it's feeling what does that feel like sometimes you let yourself do that the being opens and again this relates to bridget's question something then changes in the image and something may become more more formed but it doesn't need to be you, you understand it's not like uh, it would be better if it was in technicolor and really clear or whatever it's not not necessarily yeah um but there's a fullness and a multidimensionality and a multifacetedness of that whole erotic relationship um, that you can, again, you, you can 
find your way into it and let it fill out more without demanding that it be like this or like that or have a certain form or, you understand? Um, and these things, you know, it's not, I'm very much, um, not like now, we're going to tell the imaginal world what to do and we have an agenda. It should be like this. And not only that, it should fix these things about my personality and, and whatever. It's, it's more, I would incline more to like being led by something, listening to something and letting that, letting that guide. Yeah. The other way around. Okay. Good. Um, uh, okay. Now is it on? It is on. I'm wondering... Um, you have to hold it near. Listening to your talks, my impression is that the, uh, the way of relating to the image is much more about resonances and not about interpretation or analysis. But I'm wondering perhaps, um, you know, in early days, uh, when it's something that is being learned and becoming more familiar, it seems that there might be a place for moving between the receptivity and some analysis or interpretation. Because what I find is if, if I allow that, it can kick it off again. It, uh -huh. it can get something moving again. So if I understand, so early days, you mean early days? There's of an your... association or there's a, oh yes, I can see why. Yeah, yeah. So by early days, you mean early days in your practice? Yeah. Of, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so if I understand, so, something makes sense sort of analytically or why a certain image would come up or something yes. like that. And then that kickstarts what? It, then it kickstarts something happening spontaneously. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely fine. You know, the thing about, again, the thing about soul making is that I would say every dimension of our being is involved, every facet. So for me, it absolutely includes the intellectual faculties in all kinds of ways, all kinds. Um, what, the only maybe... This is just the answer that's coming now. But, but the, the, the only caution I would give is don't limit. Mm -hmm. So, so I I've analyzed it, done, put it in a box. The image will die, the opposite. If, if though you have this sense or, or grant, let's say grant, play with the, um, the idea, entertain the idea that the image is infinitely meaningful. So that whatever analysis you c comes to you or you come up with at any point, N never exhaust the image. It doesn't finish it. It's just one. It means this, and it might mean its opposite, or it might mean something complementary. It might mean many things, yeah? It's not that you necessarily have to find them out, but there's a kind of um, superabundant depth to the, to the... Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, so, fine, absolutely. And especially, again, you're finding what works for you with this. Um, I really encourage um, experimenting, you know, with what works and what gives it uh, life, etc. I would just be cautious about about putting things in boxes and then because then they die. Yeah, I suppose it happens um, if an image comes because I've taken something to a sit. So I'm going to look at this, mm -hmm. and then there's some apparently completely disconnected image. Then, uh, then at some point there'll be a, oh yes, I can see how this relates back. You mean you've taken... To what the question I, or, or the issue I brought to the seat. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, yes. And how about this? So very good, yeah. 
beautiful. And how about the image was always there. What drove the issue was the image. Do you understand? Okay, that's interesting. So, so the image, it's like we're playing with an idea here, partly. We're playing with the idea that image is primary. It's not how we tend to think, in, at least not in this culture. So just, we tend to think exactly the way, way you said. So if I had this issue, I had this thought, and then this image came. Fine, this is a great way of thinking, but also the other way around. So there's, again, you're, you're kind of supporting this view of the, this, Superabundance and mystery and fullness and primacy of the image, yeah. The specific image. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you understand, you're just playing with different concepts there in, in a larger sense. And can, can, that sort of, that sort of involvement of the intellect can really be fertile for the whole soul making process. It kind of gives it more soil and more structure to, to unfold in and grow. Does it, yeah? Okay, lovely. Um, yeah, is that Mary? Yes. <clears throat> um, two quick little things, really. One is, and they've come out of things that both Catherine has said and, and you've said. One is, first is, is what Catherine said, that every desire has an object. Mm-hmm. And I find that problematic. I understand it because that's the psychology of desire. That's how it's spoken about. Um, but I've worked for quite a few years now with Prapto. Prapto Suryadharma, a Javanese movement teacher. And he always says, not subject-object, but subject-subject. Mm-hmm. And I think it relates to what you say about allowing an image its aut- autonomy. Mm-hmm. So th- there can be a lot of problems if you start thinking about an image or a tree or a flower as an object. That's just something I wanted to share. Um, and the other thing is, the problem, I have a difficulty, <laughs> it's probably just how I image soul, but I don't feel a difference between heart and soul. Mm. Heart gets bigger sometimes, mm-hmm. but it seems to be the, the center and the engine of soul. For me. And what do you mean by heart? <sighs> exactly. I think that's, it's, well, I certainly I, I feel it in the energy. I feel it here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it stretches and can stretch way out mm-hmm. there. Um, but any image that has that kind of resonance, this is where I'll feel, I'll feel it in the body as well, all over the place. Sure. And I'll get mentally excited. And, but that's the, that's the, the center. Mm. Um, Catherine and I were talking about this actually recently over, over a while um, I, there's no reason to change anything there I, again I would just be quite open so it may be that for you this is the um, let's say the, the center or the faculty or the instrument of soul perception is here but fine for me personally it's not located in any one place but it does definitely involve energy body, has to be involved. Okay. But for you, it might be centered here for someone else. Who knows? Yeah. So great. And you know, in some of the Sufi traditions, they talk about heart is, is the, the center of soul perception. It's not quite what we mean by just openness of heart and sort of emotionality. Yeah. Okay. So there's linguistic problems here. There might also be, and I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know the answer. There might also be just personal sort of, 
um, ways we tend to feel this differently, and, and that's fine. Again, I would just keep open. It might be that's always going to be like that way for you. It might be it, it evolves. In terms of soul, and again, I can't remember what's in the talk tonight, but I might touch on it. So we can, we can talk of soul as, as a subjective entity, as if it's a subjective and like we talk about mind or something like that. Um, we can also talk about soul as just a way of relating. And that takes it out of this where is it sort of thing. It's, it's in the relationship. It's a mode of, or actually it's a modes, plural, of, of relating, um, if that makes sense. So I, I think probably what you'll find when I speak is I slip between those two ways of talking about it. But again, I, I'm a little loath to tie it down to one or, or the other, you know, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, Sampo, did you have a question? You don't. Okay. It tends to kind of inseminate more, yeah. and I'm noticing a hesitancy in, in letting myself analyze or interpret yeah. because of this. Thank you. So, did did you get that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, I go back to this thing of there's no right and wrong. It's like um, surfing or cycling or you know you know that kind of thing, um, in the sense of you get. In, like, like any meditation practice, we could be talking about emptiness practice here, we could be talking about samadhi, we could be talking about metta. There's a creativity and a playfulness and experimentation involved. And you get the sense of like, whoops, I've gone down a hole here, or whoops, I've fallen off, or I've hit a brick wall, or whatever it is. Or, oh, that's interesting, it's, it feels just right now, or it's opening nicely. And I wouldn't have thought that my analysis would have done that because analysis is supposed to be a bad thing or vice versa i'm analyzing and i get all like just heady and disconnected yeah so i I, rather than creating a rule i would just say this is part of the the sailing you're feeling the wind you're feeling the breeze the currents of the water and what what kind of catches it right in the moment there are things we can say absolutely that this tends to help and that tends to try and do this and that but generally i don't think there's such a formula to all of this right it's asking that's why i keep going about sensitivity and it means in the moment how how's my how's my little boat doing here you know with the wind and you understand um and the second thing just to reiterate something or put in different words what i said to linda um there's analysis at different levels so there's an analysis like that might be particular to this image and say a connection or whatever my 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 psychological history perhaps or who knows what um but there's also kind of just the analysis in terms of understanding for instance the whole process of soul making and how that happens so there's a kind of do you understand it's more like a meta level uh, so it's all good if it's good if in the moment you know do you understand i would i would be wary of giving kind of prefab formulaic answers really how does that sound sounds good and uh will you be talking more about transforming the craving clinging desires into more erotic desires instead because that's um, also something that with some images especially in the guided when you suggested that just bring an image of your choosing there might be like well it's not exactly like a, a divine image at the moment, but yeah. it's, it feels like there might be something coming on. Yeah. It might just turn out it was something 
I craved or felt yeah. was cool or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure, sure. Um, this is, yeah, I think we'll be talking about it more. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we will. I actually can't remember what's in the talk, but I'm pretty sure. If not, let's talk about it more. Um, basically, yes, we, we can move. So you can have eros, all that lovely divinity and multidimensionality, and then, whoops, it's just contracted into craving. How do I know? Energy body is one, one thing, yeah, that tells me it contracts. With craving, the energy body contracts. That's one signal. Um, but similarly, we can stay with something and say, oh, this is, you know, this shouldn't work, or this is craving, whatever. And the way of relating to it, um, and it might have to do with bringing the heart more involved. It might have to do with getting the energy body more involved. So one, one way to lean it more towards Eros is to really get the whole energy body involved and expand that field. When there's craving, the energy body also contracts, the awareness contracts maybe to one area in the body. I mean, sometimes like extremely, you know, sexually, um, sometimes what can happen is the awareness contracts to one area of, of the body. So what, what can really help um, is opening that, getting the whole energy body involved. So what is it to, to look at this imaginal object, and I, I use look in inverted commas, to look with my energy body. Do you understand? And, and that leans the whole thing more towards what we're calling erotic. Yeah? Um, humility is another thing. There's this sense, it's related to the autonomy. So I give this, this, rather than they're an object that I want, or they're an object that's going to do something for me. You understand? So even you can have a spiritual, I could have a, a God that's basically just trying to, you know, do, do something for me, or that's how I see him, her, etc. So there's something about humility and, and reverence as well that leans it towards, or, or opens it towards the erotic. So there's two, two things for right now, but hopefully we'll, we'll be saying a lot about that. Does that sound okay? Yes, thank you. Okay, good. So there was the tea bell. Um, Let's just have, have a couple of moments quiet together. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.